0: All right, so for the bonus round, let's let's get back into this barriers to entry conversation, and we, and we don't have to spend long. We, you know, every long you got, I'm 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 here. My schedule's free the rest of the day, but I don't feel like you have to, you know, expound crazy amounts on it. But going back into the barriers to entry, what are some of the other ones that that you've noticed uh, in the industry? We talked about rules and you know, learning rules and all that as a big barrier. What are some of the others?
1: So. Yeah, there there's there's rules, there's the like intimidation factor, there's the culture, which again is a type of intimidation factor, right? Like yep. um feeling dumb, uh, either because like reading and understanding rules are very difficult, or because everybody else at the table seems to be picking this up so much quicker than me. Um, and then there's uh costs of games. Like we're creating a physical product, not a digital one. Uh there are physical costs to it, and we're still a hobby industry. We're not printing you know, we're not counting on selling out of a first print run of a hundred thousand. So our the costs are defrayed over fewer games. Whereas something like Milton Bradley uh slash Hasbro that's that's producing, you know, the new version of Monopoly, you know, they're talking about First print runs of hundreds of thousands, and, and are confident in selling them for all sorts of data-driven reasons. Uh, so it, it, they set this expectation amongst people who haven't, you know, haven't had any other experience or expectation that board games c- should cost one thing. Whereas if you're talking about printing 5,000 of them, they're going to cost a very different thing. Right. Um, so, so like price or, or the expectations of what you should be paying. Uh, is another barrier to entry. And, and again, we can look at video games and say like, oh, well, video games, like they completely eliminated that barrier to entry. Video games are now free. You get them on your phone, they're free. They're in your pocket and free. Uh, and, and accessing them is super simple. Uh, right. So uh, yeah, access is another thing, like just being able to spread the word about board games. Like it's very, because of the internet, like, you can hit your niche group of board games or or niche uh, group of board games, but when it comes to spreading beyond that, the industry or no publisher, even like Wizards of the Coast and Magic, have a very hard time being able to spend marketing dollars on a non-targeted group and see a return. So we're at this point where like, Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Right? Uh, you're not going to spread it without doing that. Nor can you afford to spread it in that way because it's not big enough to that you're going to hit enough of the market that's going to care to make those marketing dollars worthwhile. So I don't I don't know all the solutions uh, to that one either. Mostly I'm like presenting problems without solutions. There, but there, there are things that, as you think about, like you wonder about what the solutions can be um and And what we have to work towards and what's going to be a bigger industry solution that we're all going to have to work towards and grow towards and what can 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 we do like how can we make the rules more approachable um how, yeah, how can we change the culture uh y- you know w- whether it means by like how we present ourselves and and what kinds of media that's out there that we that we nurture and stand behind and and support um it all all becomes a part of that, you know, just doing what you can, where you can. So I, I have the barriers to entry as rules, stage fright, cost, exposure, attention span. All right. So I talk about, you know, we've already talked about the rules and what we're doing as a publisher to try to solve those. stage fright. You know, we already talked about people afraid of looking dumb. Um, and the solution seems to be, you know, just as, as a group, as a culture, we get better at learning how to to make people feel welcome and and to ease fears of, of you know I don't think it's something we can eliminate, but it's something that if if we can think about it as a culture as as people who enjoy this hobby, uh, it seems like something we can spread. Um, cost is is you know in part a knowledge thing and in part kind of one of the most difficult barriers of entry to to overcome, uh, just because we're not going to be able to fall in board games I mean video game step and and make it free and make it just about ads. Like there's just no way to get there. Um and then and then exposure is something that that again is going to be like does do one of these companies mode perhaps get big enough that, that they can launch a, an exposure campaign that, that mm-hmm. reaches beyond. Well, you know, it's probably not going to be something that happens in one giant leap. It's probably going to be something that has been happening in steps um, for, for the industry as a whole and for the individual game companies uh, and, and will continue to do so. And so that's just something to be thoughtful of. And over time, ideally changes. Um, and then there's like attention span attention span gets shorter and shorter and shorter uh you know the cuts in in editing in our movies and uh you know the generation of like they can't even be bothered to sit around for a tv show uh you know all cartoons are 15 minutes long and but mostly they're watching you know youtube videos uh as their as their primary form of of visual entertainment and those are all super short and like even to the point of like twitter like 140 characters i like micro like micro bits of things to operate to occupy your attention for as long as you want to sit there and scroll through it um whereas like hey we're going to sit down for this game and it takes two hours to play like that's really intimidating and also may just have one of your friends like underneath the table twiddling around with their toes because they're so bored <laughs> because they've just been trained to, to, to not have the attention span and not no, And again, like that's, you know, that's in part about choosing the right game for the right group, not being such a grognard that you can't stand playing a party game with people, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. understanding that that board games are bigger than just the board games that, that you play the most. Right. and 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 being willing to you know if you want to introduce your family if you want to introduce your non-gamer friends and 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 grow the number of people who are looking at board games being willing to to play something that might not be the thing that you really want to play but it's the thing that that group can handle so a lot of these things you know i guess i just presented at the time and present here as things to be contemplative about as people who work in board games, people who enjoy board games. Uh, and, and Because part of the solution is being contemplative about it and, and changing our habits or, or changing our mentality, uh, uh, how we approach board games.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you can't fix something you don't identify as broken. right? So we have to start identifying these issues, bring them to the table, get them out in the open, talk about them, both from a designer standpoint, a publisher standpoint, a gamer standpoint, uh, because that's the only way that we're going to find solutions. And these are difficult uh, problems. These are things that, you know, I don't, I don't have the answer yeah, really to any I. of these things, but somebody does, and, and a group of people, they, they do, and I look forward to the next handful of years seeing some of the solutions to these problems, but at the same time, we're going to see new problems, you know, new new problems are going to come out of our solutions, as as always is the case, and so it's an interesting time to be in board games, uh, this renaissance period, as, as people are calling it, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it overall. Me too. <laughs> and the more people get excited, the more you have a job, so that works out. It
1: does work out.
0: Well, cool, man. Well, anything else to add on the uh, the barriers to entry? Ideas? I don't
1: think so. I think I I think I covered them as far as like my what I what I perceive out there. I'd be happy to hear from from anybody that's kind kind of got their own list or wants to add to my list. Uh, I'm Colby at Plaid uh, This is something I I love considering and thinking about.
0: Definitely. And the uh, the link to that article that you wrote will be in the show notes. Uh, on the boardgamedesignlab.com on the website. But anyway, Colby, I really, really appreciate your time today, taking the time to talk to us about you know going pro, uh, about the different things that, that you've been through, and then taking some time to talk about these barriers of entry. Man, really, uh, thank you for your time. Thank you. Well, cool, man. Well, uh, I will catch you later. And uh, if you're still listening to this, appreciate you listening, and I uh, will see you on the next episode. Bye, everybody.